have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. His name is John Dottilio, and he is a person that has written a book called Healthy You, Healthy Team, Healthy Company, How to Implant an Employee Wellness Program in Your Organization. Now, Joshua knows of what he speaks He's a highly professional healthcare leader with over 20 years of experience across a variety of companies and markets. As an accomplished CEO of CHS slash Provera Health and an adjunct professor at Florida Gulf Coast University, Joshua is a proven leader in strategic planning, operations, patient safety, and business development. He is also known for his engaging leadership style and his ability to build effective teams that deliver results. Welcome, Joshua. Thank you, Dr. Leica. Pleasure to be here. Now, I'm going to ask a, a tough question. How did you get to where you are now? A couple things. A lot of hard work, a little bit of luck, and... Um... You know, just uh, taking great care of people, a lot of good leadership. Did you always have a passion for going down this path? I, um, when I first came out of college, I went to West Point for undergrad, and I was in the Army for a number of years, and I really enjoyed being a leader. But I always had a big passion for health and wellness, and so did my research and learned about healthcare and hospitals, and it really blended both hospital administration really blended both the leadership aspect as well as the health and wellness aspect. And it was just a perfect fit for me. And so I got into it and really just worked my way up. Well, some of the most brilliant people come from West Point. And I've always felt, uh, I've always loved the, uh, the model that they have in the military, especially from West Point, because it does train great leaders. Yes, I, I don't know if I'm one of the brilliant ones. Um, however, it was great leadership training. It's a it's a leadership laboratory. You're really put in there with all of your classmates, and they really break you down, and then they build you back up over 42 months. And so it was a great experience, wonderful friends, and an opportunity to serve the United States. So when did you transition into the healthcare field? Uh, I transitioned after I got out of the Army um, in 2003. And um, I went back to school. I went to business school and then I caught on with um, a company and they sent me down to Miami to be an entry level hospital administrator. You know, hospitals have been getting kicked in the teeth with everything these days. I, I mean, you know, the financials were good a couple of years ago and then they might have done well at the beginning of COVID. Now I'm seeing large layoffs in a lot of the hospitals. You know, they, they, the hospitals have nursing problems and staffing problems. Uh, there's morale problems. How did you learn to deal with all these things? 
Well, I'll tell you, Dr. Like, it's been challenging. And as a doctor, I mean, you understand better than most kind of what's going on in the industry. Um, we, we've had hospitals for many years that were very successful, uh, but they're really being disrupted now. As you know, a lot of procedures and a lot of surgeries are done on the outpatient side. Those have left the hospital at this point. And then COVID really accelerated the, um, the staffing challenges with a lot of early retirements of the baby boomers, um, as well as both nurses, employees, and doctors. And so that's really increased costs a lot as well. Um, so you've really got this rising costs with not, not rising uh, prices or reimbursement, which is kind of throwing off those negative margins. And so hospitals um, are going to continue to need to figure out how to, how to do well in the future healthcare world, which is going to be more of the telehealth more of the outpatient services and, you know, really focus on the inpatient care, the inpatient managed care surgeries. You know, exactly. Because, you know, I, I, I'm a doctor that, that was at the forefront of moving things out of hospital. I, I was a cosmetic doctor and mm -hmm. I learned to do liposuction way back in the early 1990s. And there was a technique that was developed to do it under local anesthesia called tumescent anesthesia. So in other words, before that time, all these procedures used to be done in the hospital. When the tumescent technique was invented, it was we were able to move it to a less risky, less costly environment for the patient. And the doctor, such as myself, took on all those responsibilities and did it in their own non-hospital surgical facility. So those are the trends that are going on. And these surgeries that were traditionally done in hospital are being done easier and easier and easier. When I was a medical student, a, a gallbladder being taken out used to be kept in hospital for a week. Now it's like day surgery. I know because I had that done this year. There <laughs> the is they put you to sleep, they take it out, they get you out. So all these things are being done in a simpler, better way. But there still is a huge need for hospitals for the things that are necessary. No, you're exactly right. And being a dermatologist, yes, those 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 procedures were taken out years ago, and some others have been taken out over the years. But really, in the last couple of years, two to three years, a lot more have been taken out. But you're right. The demand for healthcare services is going to continue to go up exponentially with the aging population. The baby boomers, there's 80 million baby boomers that are ages eh, 62, 63 to 77 right now, give or take, and they're all entering the, the age where they have chronic disease and they need health care and they need procedures done. So you're going to see that the demand for health care is going to rise dramatically over the next 10 years. No, at the same time, though, we have to take care of the health care providers. We have to take care of those providing the care because they're challenged, they're burnt out, they're tired. And that's where your concept of an employee wellness program is so important. Yes, this is a, a journey we went on at a previous hospital I was at, and we had a lot of success. And it's become even more important now, as we've seen with the, the COVID, that people, that our employees have a choice on where to go. And there, there's a lot of options. And so if they don't have an employer or leaders that really care about them as a person and are investing in them. And one way to do that 
one of the most important ways is their health and wellness, then they're going to go somewhere else. And in healthcare and in hospitals, it's, it's, it's imperative for us to have the best people, the best talent that's going to provide the best patient experience, and then ultimately help us continue to compete to have the best organization. So it's a big competition out there and wellness and investing in our team is one way that we're going to be successful. Yeah, there's two big trends that I've seen out there since COVID and during COVID. One was the great resignation, where a lot of people that were getting to the age of retirement said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired of hitting my head against a brick wall and not getting anywhere. But the great resignation went on at a lot of levels. I mean, top management in healthcare Mm -hmm. decided they were going to go elsewhere. Uh, There were other uh, the resignations happened because people said, I really don't like what I'm doing anymore. I'm going to do something else. And then there's the quiet quitting where people mm-hmm. do minimum amount of work just to get their paycheck and do nothing else. Yeah, it's and, and that's been it's been challenging for us, you know, especially in healthcare where it is a very people business. You know, other businesses are online or work from home or, or done remotely, whatever it is. And but we need great people engaged every day, working hard. And so it has become a big challenge. The, you know, one way that we've done it is really again focusing on the team, focusing on the engagement, making sure that they know that we're there for them and investing in their wellness. Yeah, and I think this is an important concept. Caring is sharing and sharing is caring. And, and that's where management of healthcare has to particularly caring for their workers. No, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's a day-to-day, it's a uh, visibility, it's talking to the team, finding out what the needs are, doing a lot of listening, town halls, um, you know, really understanding from the caregivers, the frontline caregivers, what they need to take excellent care of patients. And if they have that, then they're very excited because it, as you know, um, almost all of us in healthcare, we went into healthcare because we loved helping people. We wanted our patients to heal, get better and return to their normal lives. So, so the true North is, is really there with all the team members. It's again, really making sure that their lives are easier, that they've got the tools and resources they need, and and that they're engaged. Hey, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, but you can disagree with me if you want. I think it's not just caring for people in the work environment; it's caring for people in their 24-hour situation. And that's where I think leadership has failed in the past, as we did not always take into account that 24-hour situation. You know, a nurse used to be saying, okay, they're going to work the graveyard shift and they're going to do this and they're going to, you know, we've never thought of the impact on them, on their families, on their lives by putting them on those situations. But I think now we have to address those situations. Dr. Laika, I mean, it's it's an amazing point and, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up because not many people understand that. When I was in the Army, we, we were responsible for our soldiers and their entire lives, you know, whether it was their home life, their finances, um, you know, anything, any issues they had, we had to, to deal with you know, as a young lieutenant. And it was different in corporate America where 
there were, there were schedules and, and nurses were on a schedule and they came in and they worked and then they went home. And that was, that was the last time you saw them. Right. But what we found is that now people really want to be part of something. They want to be part of an organization that cares about them. They want to be part of a family and you not that you have to involve yourself as a leader in everyone's finances or, or, you know, issues at home or whatever it is, but, but being an ear uh, to listen uh, being advice to give when they need it, and being a helping hand for certain employees that need you know something special, and that's really how you create that culture where people want to work there, the community wants to come to your hospital and feels cared for because all we really have is each other, and so it's it's really an amazing point. And th- since there is such a competition for talent, we've got to continue to step up our games and do more than just give them a paycheck, right? We've got to care about them as a person, got to care about their health, got to care about their family. And that's when they give us their all. Bob Chapman, uh, CEO and chairman of Barry Y. Miller Companies, was written up uh, by Simon Sinek in, in a book called Leaders Eat Last. Now, the book Leaders Each Last comes from the philosophy that in the military situation, the, the officers eat after the subordinates in the, in the situation. So in other words, that is a very important concept in service management. But Bob Chapman uh, is very well known for taking bad companies and turning them around. And he's done that by literally listening to the employees. One company went into a bell would used to ring and they'd go for lunch. Another bell would ring and they'd take a coffee break, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Can you picture that in the work environment of, of the 21st century of how you were being run by the bell? No, definitely. I mean, another two great points. I mean, one that that listening is really a a lost art and a skill that really lends itself to servant leadership, really listening to your team, understanding what they need is extremely important. Um, And then you're right. uh, Being former military, the, um, the officers do always eat last. And I'll never forget. I was in a, um, I was in kind of a conference um, with the company I was working with at the time. And, and, Everyone was, uh, they, they brought out the buffet food and everyone, you know, and these were all, all officers and, and everyone ran over there and they were, they were getting food and just jumping right in. And, um, and gentleman came over to me who, who was my future boss. I didn't know it at the time, but I, he said, he said, Josh, aren't you getting something to eat? And I said, I said, no, well, let, let the troops eat first. And he said, that's great. You know, so, so it's, it's something very important and servant leadership is really where it's at now. If you're not a servant leader in the 21st century, then it's very difficult. There's no more top-down management. There's no more, I'm the boss and you do what I say. It's listening, it's motivating, and it's it's getting your team engaged. Yeah, it truly is. And, and that is a large part of that. And, and that's why uh, wellness programs are so important. Now, a wellness program has to be thought of and worked with with the management before it gets implemented. It truly is something that is an integrative thing where changes in culture have to occur in addition 
to putting the program in because the program won't work if it's in that top down, this is what I'm going to tell you and this is what you're going to do philosophy. Yes, I agree totally. Wellness is is a big mountain to climb and health is is very personal to everyone as well. And I would argue that that the two most important things in life are are going to be health and family in that order because if you don't if you're not healthy, you're not going to have your family. And really uh, winning the hearts and minds of the team was really important to to create this movement. But you're right. It does start with management. And as I outline in my book, it starts with yourself. So if you're a leader in your organization, if you don't believe and you don't live a healthy lifestyle and be a role model, then you can't bring it to the next level. So it all starts with yourself, understanding, doing the hard work and, and being that role model, like I said being that lighthouse. Was that West Point that you yourself had a mentor that introduced you to healthy eating and sparked you to have a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, I had a friend uh, at West Point who was on the swim team with me. His name was Derek. And I was a pretty unhealthy eater, you know, throughout high school and, and into college. And we were sitting down at a meal and he passed me some broccoli and, you know, I just got done with a tough workout. The last thing I wanted was some broccoli. And um, he said, he said, no, Josh, he said, eat your broccoli, you know, eat, eat two helpings. And so I did. And um, that really got me thinking, you know, and, and it really goes back to what our moms and our grandmothers told us, you know, just eat your fruits and vegetables. A lot of it starts there. So um, it was great to have a friend, tell me to do that because, you know, we don't always listen to our moms and our grandmothers, right? For sure. And, you know, I, I, I think it's, I, I do have a tendency to eat what people call junk food. I do like hamburgers. I do like hot dogs, but I've learned that you should eat your salad first and your vegetables first because then you eat less of the bad stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a reason why we all love that food because it tastes really good, Right. And um, it makes us very happy, at least makes us happy while, while we're eating it for that, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then after, after it might not feel as good, but um, I agree. Good way to do that is definitely eat the salad first. Um, that'll fill you up a little bit and then, and then you'll eat less of the junk. Yeah, for sure. Here's a question because it's an important question to everybody. How can a company have a better company through a wellness program? It's interesting. Um, one we already kind of talked about was, is that if you show your employees that you care about them and you invest in them in a, in a wellness program of this nature, and the book kind of outlines a roadmap, you know, if you want to do that, then one, they're going to be more engaged. They're, they're going to be more excited to come to work. And then that's going to continue to grow your culture. Um, and more employees are going to want to work there. More doctors are going to want to work there, and you're going to have a very successful organization. The second thing is really it's it's getting a better handle on your employees in terms of the the health insurance as well. You can potentially cut your costs if you've got employees that are healthier, living healthier lives. Then you can potentially save some money as well too on your health insurance costs because the the, the employees won't be going to the hospital as much. They'll be staying out of the hospital and living healthier lives and won't need as many surgeries or, you know, cardiac caths or whatever it is. And I think you can argue 
that you will have less days off from people absenteeism. Mm-hmm. You will also have people that are more engaged and, and productive in the days that they're there. All these things, I think, make a huge difference on a day-to-day basis. I, I think people uh, being bought in, engaged, productive, uh, helping their colleagues more, not not uh, undercutting their colleagues, all of those things are important. No, I agree. And, and we definitely saw that as well. I mean, it does foster a, a teamwork um, and it fosters a, a a lot of mentoring around the organization as well. There were employees that successfully lost a lot of weight, recovered from chronic disease, um, did did significant uh, physical challenges like Ironman triathlons. And that camaraderie that you mentioned was definitely built because everyone kind of felt that they were in it together and it, it, it really solidified the team even more. So it's, it's very true. Great point. Yeah. And so all of these things work together. All of these things are important. You can't have a company with high morale without having a company that cares for each other and a company that's healthy. No, and that was one of our, our big phrases that we use was connectivity because we, we believe and believed that everything is connected. And you're exactly right. If you've got engaged, healthy, happy employees, you're going to have a better organization. And in, in healthcare, people are our most important asset. And so we've got to take good care of them. But secondly, we also found as they got healthier in one area, whether it was the physical aspect, they started working out more or, or doing whatever. Um, or secondly, they cleaned up their diet and they were losing weight um, or they started working on their mental health. Then they, once they started working on their mental health, their, their head was more clear and then they, they were able to focus more and then focus on their diet or start training. And once they really started to work on one aspect of their life, they wanted to work on the other ones as well. So it, it's really all connected. So you just got to get started, um, whether it's working out or eating right. And then, then you'll want to you'll move more. You'll want to do more. So it is all connected, body, mind, and spirit. Excellent. So how can people find out more about the services you and your company offer? And how can they get a copy of your book? Um, you can get a copy of my book on Amazon. It's called Healthy You, Healthy Team, Healthy Company. Um, again, my name is Josh Dottilio. You can find me on LinkedIn if you need me, if you have any questions. But yeah, the book does provide it a good roadmap to uh, to move your organization into a wellness organization. Excellent. Josh, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation today. I think our listeners loved it as well. And I think they will take a lot of this home and and hopefully integrate some of these things in their business and in their lives. No, I hope so. And that's that's really why I put the book out. So it really gave a an opportunity for other organizations to have some of the success we had. But it's been a pleasure, Dr. Laika. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much. And ladies and gentlemen, check out my website, drallenlika.com, D-R-A-L-L-E-N-Lika, L-Y-C-K-A.com. And be sure to sign up for a golden pearl each and every week. It'll arrive in your mailbox and make your life and your business sparkle. And in addition, 
make sure you check out me as a speaker, because if you need somebody for your stage, I will certainly make your business better by getting there. Bye for now and have a fantastic day. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, nobull.biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to nobull.biz.